Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. This episode of Radical Stepmoms Podcast is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine, and if you haven't read it yet, you don't know what you're missing. It's actually the first resource I found, and Stepmoms, believe me when I tell you it was a game changer for how I navigate this role. Stepmom Magazine is a monthly online publication, and each issue is packed with articles from therapists and family experts who know exactly what you're going through and what to do about it, because they're stepmoms too. When you subscribe, you'll get access to a private group forum where you can talk with other stepmoms from around the world, and they also offer ebooks on specific topics like disengaging, being a full-time stepmom, parental alienation, and so much more. They're all available to download right now. I subscribed years ago, and it was exactly what I needed to feel less alone and more supported. To join, head to stepmommagazine.com and use code RADICAL20 to save 20%. If you love it as much as I do, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I love hearing from you. Again, that's stepmommagazine.com and use the code RADICAL20 to save 20%. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. And joining me is the love of my life, my darling husband, Jacob. Hi. <laughs> uh, this is your third time joining me on an episode. It is. It, it is. is. Always yeah. fun. Yeah, always fun. I always kind of have to give you a little pep talk, though, since you're so shy. There's a lot of coercion going on. Yeah, yeah. But I always see the benefit of you coming on and us discussing the blended family life because I don't do it alone. You are 50% of it. So, well, yeah, I mean, 50% of our partnership. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we got content. We got content. (laughs) We got shit happening. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, all right. So we just did the holidays. Yeah. Which... Um, I had shared on the previous episode with G that I always feel a little less stressed when we have um, him and my stepson, when we have him, but we're with your family versus when we have him and if we're like with my family or stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just kind of like what I like about the way that we handle our holidays that when we have him we're with your family Um, because I feel like it's just like less stress on me and I kind of felt that over the weekend (coughs) where there's just multiple people who are taking care of him that don't hesitate to take care of him well I don't think your family hesitates I think um, you know I think sometimes you worry (coughs) Uh, just about you know his awareness levels and making sure yeah. that you know he's not imposing in ways that you yeah know, and it's not I w- maybe imposing isn't the right word but he's just not as aware and you know yeah. 
I feel like I feel more responsible for his social situations when in in any scenario. But anyway, yeah, like this, the holidays was, they were good. And um, then we get home and, you know, bio mom has her Uh, delays and changes the schedule, which... Any changes to the schedule, <laughs> we're just diving right in. <laughs> mm. <laughs> any, any changes to the schedule, I think just mm, stresses me out because I look, and and I have to say, like compared to other families that I talk to and stuff, like um, our schedule remains pretty consistent. It's Monday to Monday, Monday to Monday, 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 and then. By the way, that's a great schedule. <laughs> that's a great schedule. Use school and daycare and whatever tools you can. <laughs> to, to minimize contact. That's right. <laughs> so. Pro tip. Un- until, and then there's the holidays and stuff that kind of messes stuff up. But when our schedule changes, like it really messes with me. And then it also messes with him because he's also super consistent with schedule. And struggles with flexibility. Both of you require structure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which I feel like him and I can like relate on that level where he can appreciate how much like lead time I give him or like how much details I give him so he can prepare. But like in this situation, when the schedule changed, I was the one telling him and dealing with the disappointment, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. Because, like I told you when you came home, like I went and told him that the schedule changed and he was disappointed. And then it was just quite obvious that he just didn't want to be here, which then makes that extra time even more fun. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure he's just disappointed he misses his mom. Yeah, and that's, and that's, I totally get that. And especially with the holidays, like he hasn't even, like, had Christmas with her and stuff. And it's been 12 days. So, like, I get. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. I get that. But um, it's just being the messenger and then feeling crappy. Yeah, that's, so. that's a tough place to be. So then we get a message. And I'm bringing this particular thing up because it's fresh, you guys. Like, we just... A lot of the... Que- so, backing up. I asked uh, Instagram followers to submit some questions that we would discuss. And we're going to dive into those. Many of the questions were the same, which is very interesting. So I kind of like compiled and merged some questions. Um, But we are kind of using this particular situation that we just kind of went through together as the the jumping off point to all the questions. So, you know, with the different schedule change and all that stuff with Biomom, we ended up having to have more conversation with her tonight to, you know, she goes back and forth between what she wants and what her plans are and what she, when she wants them, when she doesn't, you know, whatever. And here I am, like, getting frustrated, and I'm trying, and this is what I usually do, right? (laughs) This is true. I'm getting frustrated because I don't understand her thinking, and I'm sitting there trying to figure her out and trying to, like, you know, and, and processing out loud, which 
I mean, over the years, I have understood that me processing out loud is either super productive for me and you, or it just does the opposite where it stresses you out. And we have now gotten into this rhythm that is super helpful for me, where if I'm going down the rabbit hole and getting too amped up and too worked up about what she's doing and why and my feelings about it, you will share how you're feeling, which was tonight, you said. I don't want to give her any more energy tonight. I don't want to, I don't want to spend any more energy tonight, you know, really. Right. You just get to a point where you don't want to let that person or that thing or this dynamic consume the remainder of your evening. Yeah. You know? Which is hard for me because, and I'll admit, years ago, a couple years ago, when you would say, I don't think you used those exact words. I think you, you know, said, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Or, you know, that to me felt more dismissive where I didn't feel seen or heard or I didn't feel validated in what I was trying to process with you. Or, But I think over time we've had so many conversations where what you were really getting at was what you say now, which is I don't want to give her any more of my energy and I can respect that. And then I use that to kind of check myself and be like, oh my God, he's right. <laughs> like I am ruminating. This is not productive. I don't want to spend my evening, you know, discussing her or ending up, you know, nitpicking and arguing with you about it. Thanks for checking me. And I can like respect that now. So I think what the dynamic that I just described is super common in this blended family life where something happens there's a trigger and then we become activated and then we go back and forth and because each person you know in that couple is experiencing it in their own way like if they're not on the same wavelength like you know i i talk to a lot of sit moms who are like i get all worked up and my partner doesn't care or I get all worked up and, like, you know, we can't talk about it because then I'm the crazy one or, you know, all this stuff. I think in either case, whether it's, you know, the person who tends to get worked up over things or, you know, if the other, if the partner doesn't react the same way, really it's, it's all self-preservation in one way or another. It's managing how you operate. Mm -hmm. You tend to be more organized, more proactive. I am not as. <laughs> I wouldn't say not as organized. I would just mean I react differently. And I'm, you know, I'm in a position where, you know, I have dealt with it a little bit longer. And I understand a little bit more how she works. But I also understand how I react better through the years now and so my objective is to not allow her to affect me to the to the point that I react mm -hmm. and you know on the flip side it, to manage you a little <laughs> bit so that you're not as reactive mm -hmm. and then you know that'll that will kind of come in later on in, mm -hmm. in the discussion but you know we're all just trying to manage our way through this with the least effort possible mm -hmm. 
and check all the boxes to get it done. Yeah, and I think you made a really good point that you yourself are, whether intentional or not, like you're trying to grow from your previous experiences. And sometimes me getting all worked up and me, you know, reacting to her or whatever is impeding on your ability to work on how you're responding to certain things. Absolutely. Where I, like, and we feed off of each other. Because there's also been times where you get more worked up and I'm more, like, whatever about it. it that happens more rarely <laughs> mm-hmm. than the other way around. I'm sure. usually the one that's wanting to just go punch her in the throat. But, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, nah, man, it's fine. And I'm like, get on my level. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think you made a good point in that like when you're in this partnership you have to communicate like what your goals are and I tell this to the stepmoms that I work with too where it's like if you're working on X, Y, and Z in your stepmom role and you're trying to behave differently or you're trying to act differently in these different situations you need to communicate that to your partner so they can help support you and same goes with your partner if they're trying not to let you know by a mom take over their energy your partner needs to be able to explain that too and that's what you did tonight where it was like okay I'm not wanting to talk about her anymore and that to me was my indication of like oh okay like I'm gonna follow your lead it's it's important to set boundaries in all different areas revolving around this relationship right like this parallel parenting relationship because you know we spend a lot of time trying to set boundaries with her Mm -hmm. so that she does not affect our family as much our family dynamic when he's with us Mm -hmm. um i forgot to write my my train of thought um similar sorry similarly uh we need to set boundaries with each other Mm -hmm. with how much we allow her into our home from, you know, night to night in these in these conversations, mm-hmm. and so it's, I think it's important to set boundaries with each other. Just even just a reminder of, hey, like yeah, I'm totally open to discuss this. What type of issue is this for you? Is this a, you know, a mm-hmm. red, a, a green, an orange kind of thing? You know, <laughs> like how much time do we need to spend on this right. to get right about it? And if it's trivial issue mm-hmm. where it's more of an annoyance that we're getting worked up about let's limit that amount of time mm-hmm. because it, those things just have a tendency to go on and on and on if you allow it if you don't put a cap on it and say okay yes I hear you but this is where we need to be done mm-hmm. it'll just consume you and, and, and you yeah. won't have that separation you won't have that time you know we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're fighting for time as it is with our schedules right it's very valuable what you have so just make sure you're spending your time on what you want to be doing yeah and I think that that's a that's a good point to those that feel like she runs my house I feel like all we ever do you know she Mm -hmm. I feel like she lives here having those boundaries is is huge and being able to communicate that yeah yeah so thank you for doing that tonight I appreciate it even though I was like well we're gonna record so we are going to talk a little bit about her (laughs) really it's just the other the other key to that whole thing is being able to package it in a way that your partner understands. Mm-hmm. Like, like you mentioned, 
we haven't always done it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it took a while. Take, yeah, it's taken us a little time. I'm saying the same thing, but I'm just yeah. saying it in a way that you understand. Right, because like I said beforehand, it was I felt dismissive, or I felt like you were dismissing me when really it wasn't about me, but it was hard to not take it personally, and that you were like shoving me off, being like, "You're crazy, stop talking." When really you were saying, "I'm going crazy, stop talking." (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So, all right, we're gonna uh, probably refer to that conversation um, as we dive into the questions, but got many questions to get to so the first question is have either of you felt like not being together we're gonna start with a really good one (laughs) (laughs) have either of you ever felt like not being together was easier than dealing with the blended family life uh that's me <laughs> I, I get to go first. You're sure. You All can. right. Have you ever felt that not being together was easier than dealing with the blended family drama? Sure. When when we're in the depths of an argument, can <laughs> be like, damn it, it's been so much easier if I just, you know. But that's that's what you're feeling in that moment. The reality, you know, is is the advantage of any partnership, and that's you know you get to share that load, whatever it is, together. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, you know, the reality is, is that my life would be so much different if you weren't in it. And I'm thankful every day that you're with me. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, um, the, uh, the next question kind of plays into more of our philosophy and our relationship. Uh, As I look at the next question. Ah, yes, you're jumping ahead. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I won't spend too much time elaborating um, right now because I'm going to get into that in a second. But um. Yeah, I think, I mean, I joked, I joke with you every once in a while that I know my life would be easier if I bounced. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, all right, so we have our daughter. I get to kick it. I don't have to worry about this anymore or this anymore or this anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like I feel like the relationship that we have and then there's the blended family life that we have. And as long as we continue to invest and grow in our relationship and work on the communication and evolve together as a couple, that blended family life stuff gets easier. Like, I mean, we moved super fast where, you know, when we were into our first year of marriage, it was like, okay, we're kind of still getting to know each other. We're kind of still getting to know how we handle conflict and confrontation and what each other needs when we're in those moments and blah, 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 which all felt super amplified when we were talking about blended family stuff. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> you jumped in with both feet, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean. That was all in. Yeah, you really. Should we go into number two? You really must have liked the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about... So I guess the answer to question number one, yes, we have felt like not being together might be easier, but it's always been in those really like harder seasons 
and we come around to it because of number two, which is what about each other made us fall in love? Mm-hmm. You that's want me to go first? That's a good question. <laughs> you should you should take a whack at that one. <laughs> oh God. Um, don't, I ma- mean, don't make me carry on. You. <laughs> Well, first you made you uh, let you shared your fries with me. Is it because I cooked you breakfast in my room? Oh God, that was very helpful, ladies. I, I, <laughs> I forgot a deal picture. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so uh, I mean, you made me laugh. You make me laugh all the time. Being with you is easy. You're my, like, best friend that I've never felt judged by. Like, I've never felt like I was too much for you and that I can be a, I don't know, I can be who I am and not feel like I'm overwhelming you. Um, I... Also, <laughs> I also, um, I don't know, like, I love the way that you love your kid and, you know, meeting a little three-year-old and this hot, sexy guy at the gym and I don't know, it was just, it just felt really easy and I also, thinking back, like, You've always been very emotionally intelligent and able to articulate why you feel the way that you feel and your philosophy on life and love, and that was always really intriguing to me, and that from our first non-date date, which is what we refer to as our unofficial first date, um, like you laid it all out there, and to me that was super sexy where it was like, oh, shit, this guy knows what he wants, and I want a lot of the same things. So long-winded answer, I don't know, but... Don't get me long-winded. <laughs> Keep going. Keep tell going. me why tell you me love me. me. <laughs> There's got to be more in there. <laughs> so what what made you, um, you know, fall in love with me, babe? Uh, well, t- to kind of couple on to what you were just saying, you know, I fell in love with you uh, because, you know, I was, I think, the most upfront with you about my situation, what I wanted, than I ever had been in a relationship, you know. And um, I was honest about what I wanted, and it was like, like you said, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just in a, in a place where I really felt like, you know, I'm a single dude, I've got you know, I've got a, a child from another relationship, and you know, it's kind of a take me or leave me kind of thing. There's no point in playing games. That's just not where my mm. head was at. And just to interrupt, when we met at the time, I was like dating people on Tinder, which it's all just games. <laughs> so to be sitting across from someone where it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is different. Mm. Uh-huh. Yes, I, I was. It was different, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think, you know, the way that you responded is kind of what caught me off guard. Like you, you just were super genuine and open about.
about everything you were accepting like I didn't feel judged um, and over a fairly short amount of time you know you really kind of showed me that you were down for me mm-hmm. like a hundred percent you know I mean I don't really think you knew exactly what you're getting into nope I sure didn't you know so I mean <laughs> <coughs> ignorance is bliss right no, no I, but but really yeah. I, I mean there's there's I mean how could you know how how could you know exactly you know mm-hmm. how how could any new couple know when they're you know learning about uh, their potential interest and their you know their biological children and like mm-hmm. they're just that's just a heavy big thing to take on and much credit to mm-hmm. all of you uh, men and women that choose to do that you know it's just you know it's a big deal so mm-hmm. um, you just you know you and I kind of developed this you and me against the world philosophy mm-hmm. and, and that we you know we and we carried that on you know like you mm-hmm. say like they say the rest is history right so, mm-hmm. um, you know at the end of the day we fight like everybody else you know but in the end you know there's always that draw and that connection to come back to one another mm-hmm. and, and I think I think we've gotten a lot better about that too where we can be in an argument talking about something that in the moment feels really important and we're like super passionate about but then at some point we can turn towards one another and be like i miss you like i don't want to do this that that is still greater than the the push away the push apart you know back to the first question about Mm. you know thinking whether it's easier for us to be apart you Mm -hmm. know well you know, you go through those seasons where, you know, it's not even a season, it's a, it's a thought during a, a low period. Mm-hmm. And as long as the draw to bring you back together is always going to be greater, uh, then you'll survive, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, never, that never you don't lose. really feed that thought anymore. Yeah. You don't give it much attention. Nope. Um... Are we good to move on to number three? I think so. Okay. Number three. How do you manage when... Oh, this is a question for you. Yes. (laughs) How do you manage when you feel like you're in the middle between bio mom and me? Uh, Usually it involves kicking, screaming, and throwing (laughs) shoes. Um, Not necessarily in that order. Maybe a laundry basket. So... Um, so um, when you feel like you are in the ring and you are trying to, you're like you're having to make the decision between bio mom, um, either keeping her happy or me happy. Well, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time trying to keep, keep her happy. Keep yeah. Her happy. Um, uh, you know. It's such a rarity for me to actually feel anymore. I remember you saying this to me years ago when you would say, like, I feel like I'm in the middle between you two. Well, you know, it it goes along with, you know, sometimes the way that you, like we started this episode, the Uh way you react sometimes and, and your propensity towards being a 
anxious or whatever, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that's that situation when you are like communicating in a way that's like in a way has an expectation of how I'm supposed to be reacting mm. to what you're reacting to and I'm not. Right. And then I get mad at you because I want a, you to get yeah, on my level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's tends to be when I feel like we're in the middle, you know. Uh, for you, I, I think the best way that I that I manage you is just kind of... <laughs> manage me? Well, I, 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 I say that, but it's like it, being in the middle, you have to manage you're managing both sides right right yeah well and especially when when several years ago when i mean she still hasn't completely like she's she's gotten better but i will say like in the beginning when she was absolutely anti-chris and it was (laughs) like fuck her i don't want her showing up to things and if she does i want her to keep her mouth shut yeah you know like that's when i feel like we were at the highest of you being in the middle because i was trying to establish you know that's not cool. What are you going to do about it? Right. And you were like, uh, well, <laughs> you know, like there was never. Hmm, I don't remember that being my reaction. No, but it was like, <laughs> okay, how will I deal with this? And I don't know, yeah. like my expectations <clears throat> and, and, and what, how we were to react to it, what that would cause. Like, it was just a lot to think about. Yeah. And I remember you being like, I just feel like I'm in the middle because you want to keep me happy and value my role and all that stuff. And then also, you don't want to make her lose her freaking mind and cause more drama. Yeah, it's, there's a pick your battle kind of thing there. Um, It's just, I, I don't know, it's hard to... I guess I'm not didn't really consider the historical. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, we've grown over time. Implications then. of this, yeah, that question. So I think of it from my perspective today, which requires it, it happens less. But mm-hmm. yes, in, in the beginning, yeah, I, I did spend a lot of time really trying to help establish your position and, and bolster your position, and mm-hmm. you know, validate like your role and what you do, and question mm-hmm. any pushback that that you would receive or that we would receive about why you were there or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen as much. I I mean, I think when he was referring to you as mom at school functions in front of her while she's standing there, that Mm kind of cemented the fact that he made the choice. Yeah. Yeah, and that's still, I mean, that happened, that happened when I picked him up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Where he was like, Mom, let me show you this. And both her and I were like, what? And then he comes running to me, and I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, lady. (laughs) Um, So I I think for, you know, currently my, my plan is really just to really kind of validate you, what you're feeling. And then figure out what the root issue is for you. Like, really, what is this about? What do you need me? What do you need from me mm-hmm. to help you or represent you or communicate? Mm-hmm. You know, to the to the other half to the DM. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and then when it comes to her, it's just honestly, it's maintaining boundaries. Yeah. You know, it's um, communicating in a way that promotes unity between you and your partner. 
mm-hmm. you know, so that there is no, there is no taking sides other than this, than with your partner. There's no room for a, you know, oh, you know, back alley deal, like, oh, I, you know, I sympathize. Where she goes and talks to you. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you yeah, know. Yeah, she doesn't do that as much anymore. Trying to play both both sides from the middle. If anything, she tries <laughs> to be friends with me. Yeah, cause now because I'm, I'm a jerk. Because you're the mean one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that's probably, I, I don't know if it was intentional, but it was probably one of the best things that I ever did was continuously be, a, a, you know, more of the aggressor in, in kind of defining those boundaries, to the point that my abrasiveness made her come to me. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> which puts me in a super weird spot because I'm like, no, lady, like. I don't like you either. Yeah. <laughs> You're confused. <laughs> and I'm writing half of those emails. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Um, so I guess the answer there is we've grown a bit and you don't have to manage us as much anymore. But when you do, mm-hmm. it's keeping in mind those boundaries. and Yeah, keeping in mind the boundaries and really the thing, you know, make sure your partner feels respected. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the next question. What age do you think it will be okay to leave kiddo home alone, and will he babysit? We haven't talked about this, so I'm curious of your answer, because it might be different than mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably pretty sure it is. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think from my comfort level, I would say probably 13-ish. For him to be home alone? To be home alone and probably like 15, 16-ish to babysit, potentially. Okay. Because that would put her at like 10, 11? 9, 10, yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I don't even really think that, so my answer, I don't even really think about it because he's not neurotypical. And there are certain things that scare him now in his own comfort level that I don't even think of it as like when I'm ready or when we're ready. It's when he's ready because he gets, (laughs) my cat's eating the Christmas tree. Hold on. (laughs) He gets, (laughs) don't throw that at her. Um, For reference, we're sitting at our dining room table. (laughs) He gets up set and like scared about things still at 10 years old and I don't know when he would feel comfortable being left home alone mm-hmm. so maybe I, it'll be at 13 right you know and then it will also be when he feels comfortable and when we feel comfortable with leaving him with baby girl like I don't know I feel like <laughs> She might be taking care of him. (laughs) He might be babysitting, but I think she'll be running the house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I know that, like, friends of mine who have, like, 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds and are, like, slowly leaving them home alone um, for periods of time. Like, and I know that when I was nine, times were a little different. But my mom was leaving me home alone when I was like nine for like an hour or two. Or like I would get off and go home from school and then she would get off from work like two hours later and come home, you know. Right. 
But now it's like there's all the technology of like smartphone, <coughs> of like Stuck cell phone location and ring apps and like all that stuff. So I don't know. But yeah, that's that's <coughs> home alone is one thing. Uh, let's graduate to maybe having a cell phone first. <laughs> How about him? Before he's taking care of somebody else? Not losing his lunchbox every day? Stop. I know. Yes. Okay. Growing in responsibility. So on the same subject, um, let's talk about when stepson is jealous, if he's jealous, of R's baby and how we deal with that. Um, So, I mean, yes, absolutely. That's been communicated, I think, from the beginning. Yeah. Well, not yeah. even straight to our faces, but to, I mean, he's told your mom that. Yeah, he told grandma that. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's mentioned it to his mom, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, I think it's a natural thing, you know, just when you are split between households and there is a sibling that is there at one household all the time. You miss out on things. There's, mm-hmm. there's, it, it's just different, you know. Um, not to say that it's any better or worse or whatever, but there's going to be differences that the stepchild will notice. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think it's important again, being a basic communication skills of, you know, listening and validating, getting to that root issue for the the stepchild what they're feeling. Um, you know, reassuring them that, you know, just because things are different, it, you know, they are loved the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, trying to make time just for, you know, the, the stepchild to mm-hmm. have with either step parent or file parent within that relationship, just kind of, mm-hmm. you know. I don't Would you say, I know how I feel about it. And I know I've communicated this to you before, but would you agree that the pressure is more on me in maintaining that differentiation or that, that they're the same or, you know, treating them the same than it is on you? Like, I feel like I'm under the microscope and that he's always looking at me and how I treat her versus how I treat him. Does he like say things to you or do you feel like you're also working to do that um no uh, um you don't feel like you I, are i don't feel like he's looking at me yeah the same the same way i mean I, I feel like he's observant um i try very hard to be consistent with both of them Mm-hmm. And so if I'm correcting him on things, on behavioral things, mm-hmm. and I see her doing yeah. the same thing or initiating that, even if he hasn't received correction, I try and make the same correction, Yeah, you know, so that he can see that I'm not playing favorites mm-hmm. just because, you know, she's here all the time and he's here, you know, on our schedule, yeah. I, that there's no difference. Yeah, I feel like I'm constantly being tested. Well, you're, like, al- and you're also being compared, though. I'm not yeah. being compared to anybody else. Right. So you you have that going, mm-hmm. that pressure 
Well, and when he, like, holds me up to that standard of being his mom. Well, wanting to do the same things, Mm -hmm. have the same... Singing the same song, rub his feet the same way. Like, it's like, no, dude. Like, and that's what's always been hard. But especially when I have the things with, you know, our baby, it's like, no, I'm not going to do the same things. Like, I feel comfortable, like, picking her up and smothering her with kisses. I don't do that with him, one, because he's 10, and I feel like there's this age thing. I used to do that when he was three or four. I would do that. Mm-hmm. We snuggled and did all that stuff, but then when like he becomes a stinky little boy, <laughs> it feels they different. It feels different, right? So, right. But, like, I mean, I feel like I'm constantly being tested, whether it's, oh, it's, you know, time to watch a movie. Whose turn is it? And it's like, oh, God, if I let her pick which movie what he want you know it's like fuck yeah that's a lot of a lot of perspectives to manage his perspective your perspective well and i mean it's it's you know the food that i feel it all the time mm-hmm. and sometimes it's validated in what he tells me or what he says or what he said you know the look he gives me or whatever other times i recognize i might be you know, dramatic with it or just feeling super sensitive. Um, but yeah, like I feel that he feels it. And then the majority of the effort and energy to make him not feel it is on me. Like, I feel like I'm working all the time to try and keep things equal when I don't feel like things are equal. It's, for me, you know. Right. I think when he understands the difference between, you know, or understands a biological relationship mm-hmm. other than what he feels, mm-hmm. I think the expectations will be different. I hope so. I mean, I just don't, I just feel like a lot of pressure all the time. Well, and that's hard to carry, and it's exhausting. Yeah, but with his diagnosis, you know, he has unfounded expectations yeah right so if something happens once mm-hmm. all of a sudden it, it he expects it to happen all the time yeah even so, if it's not even in our house right. <laughs> that's, yeah yeah that's true so it's hard to live up to that mm-hmm. you know that pressure all the time you do things to make it special for him to you know make him mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. and it becomes an expectation which completely as soon as that happens completely kind of takes away takes from wanting to do the, it anymore the, the satisfaction for for you yeah now, now it's work right right yeah yeah but i mean yes he feels he feels some sorts of jealousy it's but it's not something i feel like he vocalizes very often it's just something that I feel like we're constantly monitoring. Like we're acknowledging that this is normal, blended family or not. A bigger, an older sibling with a younger sibling, there's going to be jealousy and stuff. But also, I feel like I'm the one that's super aware and trying to like treat them the same. Yeah. When I don't, when I don't feel like it's the same, but. Right. You know, I go over and I kiss her on the head 
and give him some snuggles, I feel like I'm com- like I should be going over and doing the same for him. Right. But it's like then I ask myself, do moms with multiple kids, like biological multiple kids, do they do the same thing? <laughs> I mean, do you see a mom walking into a living room and kissing one kid and going around and duck duck goosing everyone else? Um, I don't know. <laughs> But I feel like I should do that. And that's the standard that stepmoms put to, on themselves that is a, usually above and beyond what a bio parent would do. Right. Because we're under that microscope. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> How do you start hard conversations when you know the topic is going to be uncomfortable? Gently. <laughs> so... We're going to piggyback this with another question that was asked because this is a good topic. Another question that came in was, I'm worried my husband will give more time to the three stepkids than our ours baby. How do I communicate that? So she wants to communicate this very, you know, sensitive topic that she fears that her ours baby won't get as much attention how does she start that conversation? So I'm just kind of like merging those two together. And like you said, gently, like, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's the things that I'm always talking about on the platform and in one-on-ones and stuff. Um, you know, and babe, you and I try and practice this as best we can using I statements. Um, but, I think, too, I don't know, like when you are wanting to have a conversation with your partner about something that you feel either could start an argument or it's sensitive and you're feeling, you know, I err on the side of like, I tell you straight up, like, hey, one, I check and (laughs) I check it. Are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Yeah, because. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to interrupt, but you're like, first, I tell you, I'm anxious about this. I don't want to start a fight, but I have something I need to tell you. <laughs> and you, you like go into this long preface. I know. I preface so many you things. Tangent your preface into a multifaceted preface that you know weaves me through a trail into a dark forest that eventually merges all the trails together and somehow peaks its head out into the sunshine oh, okay. of what you're actually trying to okay. talk about. Okay, yes. If you followed that, I like, to, I like to preface my conversations. But what you learn from that is everything that I'm carrying going into the conversation. <coughs> so, yes. like... Okay, sorry. <laughs> so when I preface the conversation, by like I start out by saying, hey... One, do you have a time to talk? I don't always do that, but I should. That's what Bill is. <laughs> do you have the time to talk about this? Do we have the space? Is this a good time to talk? Then, okay, green light, you go. Then I would say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I'm a little nervous about talking to you about it. And then you state your intentions. There are some times when I tell you, I'm just trying to vent. I'm just trying to share how that I keyword here that I tell you, I don't need you to problem solve anything. I don't need you to fix anything. That's super helpful. 
Yes, because at that point you'll be like, okay, cool, I can just kind of sit back and listen and not I like. I've been released. <laughs> I'm just here to be a friend. Mm-hmm. So like, so asking if there's time. You're 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 kind of prefacing, hey, I want to talk about something, and then, like, what your intention is. Sometimes I say, I don't want to feel this way anymore. How do we figure this out? Or, you know, whatever. And then it's more collaborative. But, and I think, too, is understanding that oftentimes when you're having these harder conversations, you've probably had harder, you've probably had that hard conversation before. And so you're going off of what's happened in the past. And for you and I, specifically, it has been helpful to be like, hey, so we've talked about this a lot before. I don't want to do that again. I want to have a different conversation. How can we make this conversation different than what it's been? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, at times, like... Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and then, I guess... Like, communicating is a practice, and you're trying to figure out how two people can communicate effectively and what you need to do that. So you have to, like, build on that and go in to these harder conversations with the understanding of, I don't know. I mean, you and I will like straight up just say like, I don't want to fight. <laughs> like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to go down that road. And sometimes I feel like that to me is like, okay, then let's change the way that we're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like let that triggers me to be like, all right, we're using I statements. <laughs> We are, you know, reflecting back, okay, what I heard you say is you're feeling this way and, you know, using all, all those communication tips, like you pull them all out full force when you're having conversations about harder shit. Yeah, using all the skills we've learned along the way or, more importantly, have been taught <laughs> along the yeah. way um, is important situations you know Mm -hmm. i i I agree with waving the white flag before you ever start let that be part of your preface Mm -hmm. and and what you're doing too is you're creating a safe space and you're telling your partner like hey i'm this is how i'm feeling this is you know whatever like i i want this to be productive and i just want to feel heard or i want you know whatever um in this particular question you know she's worried that her stepkids are going to get more attention than her baby, you know, I would start that conversation off by being like, hey, this is really uncomfortable for me to bring up. I feel super vulnerable in telling you that this is something that I'm worried about. I would really appreciate hearing your perspective and, you know, validating me in this worry and telling me why I shouldn't be worried, (laughs) essentially, right? Like, because that worry is coming from somewhere that needs to be communicated to her partner and she needs to give her partner the opportunity to respond to alleviate that feeling what you don't want right is that partner to get defensive or well that's a dumb feeling you know dismissive you know all Mm -hmm. that stuff what she's really wanting is to be heard and to feel validated and to you know no longer feel that way and all that 
you know, that wouldn't happen because, you know, whatever she needs to hear. So, I mean, you, let's turn the tables here. Like, if I were to come to you and be like, this is what I need, like, would that be more helpful for you than to be like, hey, I'm worried that you're going to dismiss our baby and spend all your time with the kids. Like, how would that, I mean, I just feel like that would be received a lot differently than yeah. if you didn't first know where I was coming from. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I like what you said early on about almost kind of being invited into the process, like freeing me from having to problem solve or fix or whatever else, right? Frees me to just be able to be present and hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any time there's that I have to fix it pressure whether it's you know self-imposed or or expected it kind of shifts the the dynamic you know i i think it increases the likelihood that you could react defensively me no no me me receiving what you're you know yeah and and so i i like the lead-in Mm-hmm. Like and what my expectations of, are well, of what you. What you need in this situation, right? Yeah. Like, I think one of the biggest faults being on the receiving end of, of that start of the conversation is, you know, oh gosh, what did I do? You right. Know, or why is, is, if this is my, you know, my fault, you're telling me I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the acknowledgement that your partner can feel things and express things and you don't have to own that. <laughs> right mm-hmm. like you don't you don't have to take that on for your partner just because they're feeling that you can have compassion for them you can hear them you can validate them but you don't have to take that on as and your own prob- yeah mm-hmm. right like and that's so freeing to like be able to almost observe mm-hmm. semi-objectively at your partner's experience and and just I guess see them for what they're experiencing mm-hmm. without clouding it through your own filter mm-hmm. right like, mm-hmm. and then you have the opportunity to you know reassure mm-hmm. them man how do we take care of that that's really mm-hmm. that's awful like yeah how can we fix that like yeah. it's <clears throat> um and i think there has to be some of that both ways the give and take you know where even leading in, you're prefacing, you're setting the framework for not only for what you need, but maybe you're also acknowledging how your partner, how you, you know, might might see your partner feeling about this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, this is really tough for me. I bet this is really tough for you as well. Yeah, you're humanizing each other and yeah. not seeing each other as a, an opponent. Well, yeah, you're not, you're not pointing the finger. You're not placing blame. You're owning your feelings and giving me an opportunity to be witness to it and then mm-hmm. reflect and, mm-hmm. and, and, and share the same, mm-hmm. you know, and then gosh, you might find that you are, have more commonality on this topic than you are opposed and, and, and have an opportunity to grow together over something that you were actually kind of worried about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that too, um, oh, my brain just 
farted. <laughs> you said something. Um, yeah, just being the observer. I think, oh, what I was going to say is, I think stepmoms too are always like, we need to work on that of not personalizing what our partner tells us or not personalizing what our stepkids say to us and not internalizing that as, oh, they did this. That must mean they think that me of the, like, it's what I'm saying is like that, that ability right there to hear someone's feelings or observe someone's feelings and not internalize it as a internal flaw of you is a lifelong, like, practice. Well, from what you've expressed, being a stepmom is like continuously being under a microscope. Mm -hmm. So... If that's if that is your position, if that's how you feel, then every comment, every action is always going to be run through that filter. Yep. That's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I'm tired, and that's one of the biggest things of why schedule changes, or why you know longer periods of time, or why mm-hmm. I feel relief when you know mm-hmm. he goes back because it's like okay the person that watches my every move or actively compares me to you know someone that doesn't like me very much you know like that's exhausting like I even think about like when I'm getting ready to come down I mean in the mornings like do I wear a bra do I not wear a bra if I don't wear a bra I need to wear three layers like or (laughs) I didn't wear a bra this morning (laughs) so you know it's like or is my hair you know like I got my hair done and he was like, oh, it's like my mom's hair. And I'm just like, take it back. Take it back. <laughs> you know, like everything. But yes, so going back to having those hard conversations, um, I hope that was helpful. I feel like we just kind of shared what has been working for us and what we continue to try and, and work on. And that's the thing. Like, it's, it's a practice. And I feel like you and I have gotten better and continue to get better each argument that we have well, i think that was kind of the unintended theme of this conversation <laughs> really is you know um all of these questions c- come from a position of people that are on a different part of their path we didn't start out this way we've mm-hmm. learned we and have ways all, to go and but yeah we're always learning yeah uh, about one another each other are go- we're going to react in certain situations we're continuously surprising one another both for probably the better and and for the worse uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. how we you know like oh i didn't see that coming holy crap um mm-hmm. but we're yeah. and we're just honing it and getting better and better mm-hmm. and, and it'll continue and that's what makes it better and better it's tough in the beginning Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to be able to see where we are now and look back and be able to like say, look at us. Mm-hmm. We're handling that. I mean, there's some arguments that we have that there aren't even really arguments. They're just little like bumps or whatever. And we handle them really well. And then we high five. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Like we handled that really well. Like we literally high five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cool. Like I feel good. Yeah. You feel good. Cool. We did that really well. Like good yeah. use of. I have statements. That was bomb. Thank you for validating me. That was bomb. It takes commitment and discipline. 
Mm-hmm. It really does, especially yeah. in the beginning when it's not your nature. Mm-hmm. It takes commitment and discipline and sometimes help. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's great learning from smarter people <laughs> <laughs> how, how to be better about loving your partner, you know? So. Um, all right, so we have a couple more questions, and then we're going to wrap it up. Good? Yeah? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I go all night. <laughs> what do you want to know? Um, oh, this one was good. Does your husband feel guilty when you have to take on communicating with by your mom because he's, quote, too mean? No, not one bit. <laughs> for the greater good I, let me be the asshole you can be the the preferred one um, not deflecting any of his responsibilities I, I just well for one every time I draft an email in my tone you end up wanting to proofread it and then you change it anyway mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me so yeah. um, you know but I usually don't change a lot of things <coughs> Like, I might change, like, a grammatical error, or I'll be like, ooh, this line doesn't need to be in there. That's a dig. Grammatical error. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's, like, some lines you put in there that I'm like, that is, that is a dig. That is completely unnecessary. That's not going to get us anywhere. It's going to make me feel bad. <laughs> and that's what's most important. If I'm putting forth the time and effort to draft this here email for the oh point of God. consent communication... I'm going to get out of it what I want. Oh, my God. You're so stupid right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <clears throat> well, I also think the word the word guilty was used. Do you ever feel guilty for the energy it takes out of me? Oh, 100%. <clears throat> I wouldn't – well, I don't know if I'd say guilty. Uh, I Guilt is a different emotion than feeling – bad about you being just the hardships that come with this position like that's a daily challenge it's not Mm -hmm. a situational challenge right Mm -hmm. um there's certain roles that we have taken on within this relationship in our in our parenting and there are some things that you're better at uh there are some things that make you feel better just because of your comfort yeah you know and and that's that's the emails is one of them like well yeah i take i often take it on because me handling it decreases my anxiety or i'm able to i don't know like it's just either you won't get around to it and that drives me crazy and Mm -hmm. i just take care of it Mm -hmm. because you know, you're in that mindset of I'm not giving her my energy, and I'm like, oh my god, I need to give her my energy so I no longer give her my energy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you need to get it over and done with. Yeah. Me, I'm a, I'll make her wait. <laughs> Which drives me crazy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it's, it has an unintended side effect. Instead yes. of driving one woman crazy, it drives them both crazy. Yeah, she doesn't want to hear from you. No, she doesn't. No, just like you don't wait for her emails. She's not waiting for your emails. That's why I like to get those emails out because I'm like, bitch, I'm going to fuck up your day. Here's another email from me. It's funny. <laughs> when I'm sending those emails and you're saying my tone is too gruff, my thought is also I'm going to fuck up your day. <laughs> so, I mean, I really don't feel like we're that far off from one another. I just See? Still common. feel like how we go Common goal, it, but... Okay, um, mm, kind of touched on that already. 
how do you feel when I express that I need space from my stepson? Do you have hurt feelings or do you get it? Majority of the time, I guess. I get it because it's not, it's not a stepson or you know biological child versus stepchild thing. Mm-hmm. We're humans. It's a family thing. It's a parent thing. Sometimes you just need to GTFO and <laughs> you know invest in you for a few hours or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't take it personal because it's not. It's mm-hmm. what's personal is is me. You know the give and take that we have within our relationship to provide those opportunities for one another because mm-hmm. we understand that about one another. Mm-hmm. That that's all it is to me. It's never a personal personal mm-hmm. thing. But I mean, would you would s- there are times when I express my frustration about him or that my or my irritation and I'm just like, oh my god, and you know, you you feel it's not like that you don't understand, but you have felt like defensive in the past or yeah but that's <clears throat> you know that's a that's a different scenario it's not because you know you've spent a saturday with the kids you know locked in the house for whatever you know whatever reason and i've been up doing something you golfing know, that's one thing that i could be doing <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just want you to know that there's a lot of stepmoms who send me golf videos, like just funny humor about their golfing husbands. Yeah, ladies, you're not helping me, so um, I really would appreciate it if you stopped giving her this ammo. Um, anyway, so you're out golfing while I'm taking care of the kids, yes? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that's that's one one thing that could be, you know, going right. on. Right, and so when you come home and I'm like, oh my freaking God, yeah, you're doing this. Yeah, you're at, at your end and, and you know, you, you need space. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like I get that. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's, it, I mean, sometimes it is very specific to him, but it's not like my, you know, like our daughter's an angel and she doesn't drive me crazy. No, you do the same thing with her. I do the same thing with her. That's why, that's what, yeah. like, it's a parent yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Each, and each of the kids are unique. They communicate differently. They react mm-hmm. differently. They, they have use, different needs and different irritations. Con- yeah, they use control dramas in different ways. <laughs> you know, like, I mean. And I think, I think too, I think there was, again, I guess the topic here is the growth that we've had over the past several years is when you and I got to a point where we, where we could bond over our frustration as parents that was a sexy moment where I could be like god I'm feeling this way and blah blah blah, and you're like yeah me too like he annoyed the crap out of me today like what was that and that to me felt so validating and it it allowed so much more connection where it's like I mean we you see on social media and like all these memes and shit of parents just like talking about their kids and how annoying they are and like Mm -hmm. how hard parenting is and you know a large part of as you know like the large part of this this platform is normalizing that for stepmoms too and that we can also be frustrated with kids and kids are also gross Mm -hmm. and kids are also annoying and having a break from kids is healthy Mm -hmm. you know and when we got to that point where I felt like oh my god I can communicate that to my partner that made us cooler parents 
like when we're able to put the kids down at the end of the night and we can be like, oh my God, what the hell was that? Today sucked. Or like, you know, whatever it is, like that feels good and validates me and what I do and that I'm not alone in suffering because <laughs> it's suffering. <laughs> but still, but still, like, you know, in feeling like, because what happens when we feel alone is we feel like assholes and we feel like there's something, there must be something wrong with us. We must not be cut out for this. We must not be doing it right. It must be all on us if we're feeling this way and our partners are not. And it's not like we need our partners to rat on their kids. Because I know I talked to a lot of stepmoms that are like, my husband never talks bad or whatever. And that's a whole other subject. But to, to normalize it a little bit and be like, yeah, that was pretty annoying. Or, yeah, like, today was hard, you know. That right there gives, I feel like, us stepmoms so much energy to be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not completely terrible person because that doubt and shame can spiral us down and cause more disconnect between everything. Like we doubt everything with that. Well, it, it goes back to that comment about being under the microscope all the time. Yeah. Right. Like everything is brought out into the open in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the concern. Am, am I doing the right thing? Am I thinking the right thing? Am I being too harsh? Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you advocate for yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you feel comfortable advocating for yourself without feeling some form of guilt? Because you're ultimately choosing in that moment yourself over potentially your biological child just as easily as your stepchild, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, that's I parenting made, guilt. I'm, yeah, right? I made a comment today on Instagram where I was like, <clears throat> also on top of everything, like our daughter's driving me crazy because all day long all I kept hearing was, "Will you play with me? Will you play with me? Will you play with me?" And I'm going, "Where is like your independent play skills? <laughs> like, why are you able to just play by yourself right now?" And then that thought made me feel like crap because. I should be playing with her. And so what did I do? I I got down on the floor and I played fucking Candyland with her for an hour, you know? And it's like that guilt is there for her. It's also there for him, you know, where I don't really care about the... Actually, I do care about the Legos that he's building right now because it is pretty cool. But, you know, and other things that he's doing, like, you know, I may not care about it, but he still wants that attention and that intention is important and I want to give him that. But I want to be able to look at my partner and go, I, I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the challenges of parenting is... Right. <coughs> and normalizing that for stepmoms mm-hmm. and that stepmoms are parents and feel the exact same things. 100%. Is what, you know, what I need most of the time. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I was on a box there. Jumping off. <laughs> okay, last question. Uh, oh, this one you got a little confused about. Yeah, I was trying to understand the perspective of the, the question. Well, okay, so what's the best way to support your partner who doesn't want to stand up to the ex and say no? So, you know, your 
your partner doesn't want to rock the boat, doesn't want to upset her for fear of whatever, you know, just wanting to keep the peace, um, what does the stepmom do? I don't really have this problem. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always willing to rock the boat. <laughs> I know. That's, that's why that is a, my problem. That's why I had a hard time. Put, you know, understanding the perspective of the person asking right. the question because that's that's not that's not me. I'm right, and and that's probably too willing to rock the boat. Right, and that's just like a situational thing, and you're not as well versed in the different dynamics and stuff as I am, and that's true and stuff. So, there are couples who are dealing with parental alienation where they don't have a set custody schedule. They don't have anything in the court order. They don't have anything. And so let's say dad sees the kids, you know, every other weekend. And if bio mom's like, oh, hey, actually, I scheduled this on your weekend. You know, you don't get the kids this weekend. You know, the stepmom is going, what the fuck? Like, tell her no. Like, we get the kids. Like, that's not cool. But bio mom has the control and power to be like, no, fuck it. I'll take you to court and I'll have you, you know, whatever. Like, I talk to a lot of stepmoms and their partners who live in this fear of the control perceived or otherwise that the other house has. So, <coughs> you know, we, yeah. we don't have that situation where you went to court, you got a court order. For the most part... You know, well, I mean, yeah, but that was just my path. It's not like I didn't battle, yeah, right, those expressed feelings that I was just going to be an every other weekend dad, mm -hmm. and that it was a, a, a ticket to support of many different types, right? You know, um, and that all and that she held all the cards and was going to dictate how it went. And that's what she wanted. That's ex absolutely what she wanted. And I, I fought very hard to not allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, I laid the framework down early, mm -hmm. very early. Um, you know, it's different. My situation was different where I had that opportunity. It's not like I was married mm -hmm. um, and we were got divorced and had a, a longstanding relationship. And there were other logistical things that came into play that come in with the divorce. Right. So um, it was easier for me to set that up. Now, being in the position, in that position currently, depending on how far along that is, you know, there's some set established history there, but it really comes down to how important is it for you to change that? How is it important is it for your partner for you to change that within your family. Change what? What are you referring to? Well, uh, m meaning if the framework isn't there mm -hmm. that allows there to be this perceived leverage where mm -hmm. Biomom can impose a schedule as she sees fit regardless of what's been agreed upon, then that needs to change if, mm -hmm. if it's important enough for your family. Mm -hmm. And you need to take the steps to make sure, you know, that that can't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think whenever you're choosing to rock the boat, 
part, uh, you know, challenge the status quo of what Biomom thinks goes, you have to be in the position of understanding that there will be resistance and that there will be pushback and you have to be okay with whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And for the stepmoms that are trying to encourage <laughs> their partner or, you know, get them to think this way, you have to acknowledge that there's that fear in them and that they might not be ready to take that leap and that they might not be wanting to take on what that backlash would be. And I myself, as the stepmom, I would rather support you through that shitty stuff and wait until you're ready than be the person that pushes you or creates conflict between the between the two of us to try and get you to do something. Yeah. And like I don't I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to like force you to do something that you didn't feel comfortable with or that you weren't ready for, that you weren't wanting to completely go to battle for and then have shit blow up and then have you look at me like I never wanted to do this in the first place. You know, like right. I wouldn't want to do that. Right. So I think for the stepmom waiting for their person to see or to step up or to, you know, whatever, if they're not ready, then support them in what their decision is right now. And then the stepmom needs to look within and go, okay, what boundaries am I going to put in place to protect myself from what's happening? Like, if my mom is wreaking havoc and gets to decide whatever, whatever, and the kids come and go, and that's too much, and that's causing too much anxiety, stepmom creates boundary of, okay, well, if this is the way it's going to be, this is what I'm going to decide to do when this happens. I talk to so many stepmoms that are like, I don't want to be there when the kids come over anymore because this is what happens. He won't do this or the kids do this or, you know, whatever. I just want to be there for my partner. And they're choosing not to engage. And that's their choice, you know, until something happens or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, I... I'm not going to suggest that a stepmom tries to get her partner to do anything. We can't, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole science behind motivation. You can't get someone to do anything they're not wanting to do. Um, But if you care about your partner and you want to learn more about why they're choosing what they're choosing, because at that point, it's something still working for them. Whether it's, you know, uh, they're not getting that conflict with the ex and that's all they care about is, you know, like there's just so, right. so many things at play. They, I heard this long ago. Um, <laughs> you know, I heard a quote basically saying that the, the human nature um, will always pick the past path of least resistance. And it's only when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change that we actually Mm-hmm. Veer off course and go in a different route. Mm-hmm. You know. <coughs> yeah, absolutely, and and not to. I mean, I could do a whole, which I probably will do a whole episode on this, but there's so much that we don't know about our partners and the relationship that they had with their ex, mm-hmm. and for a lot of them, there is trauma, there is manipulation, there is all this 
extra stuff where to the stepmom it's like just fucking stand up to her like it seems black and white plain and simple like why are you letting her get away with this and then as a stepmom you don't want to see your partner be taken advantage of by another woman or being treated this way and you get defensive of your partner right like all those things absolutely accurate and valid but at the same time we're losing vision of what our partner is experiencing and what we're quote forcing them to do we're forcing them to go outside of their comfort zone we're forcing them to be re-traumatized by someone who's been awful to them you know like all this crap so you're also potentially creating trauma right in the process Mm -hmm. you know by whatever methods you chose to use to motivate 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 your partner right yeah so (coughs) i mean this question asks what's the best way to support a partner who doesn't want to stand up and keyword there is support what does your partner need you know like having a you can fight over and over and over about the same thing of you're not standing up to her you're not standing up to her and have that argument so many times without ever asking, tell me why. Yep. You know, tell me what is the, is keeping you from doing that. What are you scared of? What are you comfortable with? What are you, you know, because oftentimes stepmoms walk into a situation. We don't have all the history. We think we know the answers. We try to fix everything. It's not our job to fix it. <laughs> and it takes a while to understand that. Um when sometimes what we need to do is focus on our relationship and stop trying to stop trying to get our partner to do something that we think they should be doing. Maybe they should be doing it eventually, and maybe they'll come around to that. But yeah, I mean, as the you know, with my clinician hat on, I can't get anyone to do anything. You know, I can't get a client to. <clears throat> Stop stealing things or stop using drugs. (laughs) My goal is to, you know, assess where their motivation is to keep doing it. Because once that becomes no longer interesting, that's when they're going to (laughs) change. So that was all the questions, my love. Um... So I think it's funny how we started this episode and like I didn't really like have like a topic or anything, but I just again want to come back to how far <coughs> we've come. Mm, yes, we have. And it's funny because we talk about like how long we've been together, but how short it feels. Like we feel like we've packed a lot into a short amount of time, but then actually when we sit down and talk about it, it's like, okay, we've kind of battled a lot of shit and figured a lot of shit out and have grown a lot well yeah in a short amount of time when you yeah what what we've i think we've accomplished in that amount of time we just we packed a lot of content into that you Mm -hmm. know we, we we took a very proactive approach about what we wanted to accomplish early on and that led to some of the situations that we're currently in Mm um that timeline isn't always condensed like that for for couples Mm -hmm. Uh, that was just what we felt was right for us at the time it's actually more common than you think Mm -hmm. I I would love to do a study of like how many blended families are 
like how how the long like how quickly it, because I feel like compared to nuclear to like traditional like I feel like blended families feel like they have to commit faster or like get established faster so they can start doing the family thing um like that's how I felt where I was like I'm already doing the mom thing put a ring on it put a baby in me because here we go yeah that was that was <laughs> definitely the approach you took <laughs> I love you I love you <laughs> um all right is that it are we good yeah yeah we're good. we're good yay go us go us you and me against the world baby that's right <laughs> that's right stay tuned for another episode uh where in the future we conquer the world we tell you another story oh <laughs> stop it all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Um, be well and stay radical. All right. Testing. You are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. Hi. <coughs> this is Jacob. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs>